Hello, I'm Curtis Bowers, and this is Agenda Weekly. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. Those of you on all the different platforms, thank you for watching, for sharing, for liking, for commenting. It helps the truth to continue to spread out, and I appreciate it very much. Those of you that are subscribers, thank you so much for your support. My heart and goal in this is to, is to convey wisdom and understanding and discernment, uh, because that is what is lacking in our culture and society today. But anyway, I just I appreciate you greatly. Today, we're going to talk about where are we going? What does it look like? And then what do we need to be doing to prepare for that reality? Because when you're on a road and it says destination 200 miles and the destination is not where you want to be, you know, eventually, if you don't turn off of that road, you're going to get to that destination. And that's really what's happened to our country. But we're going to talk about that today. But again, thank you so much. I appreciate you being there. I got a letter from one of you that kind of started my mind thinking through this week of, of the reality. Where, where are we heading? And I know we've talked about this a lot before, but every day in the news, stuff is letting us know the reality of our situation. But I think we're so prone to just kind of let it slide off. We don't take it for how serious it is. Here's the question from Leslie. Hello, Curtis. We've been subscribers since the beginning of your weekly show and look forward to it every week. You've done a great job of informing us of current events as well as the history of the progressive agenda. Now, here it is. We would appreciate if you would address what the future may look like and how to prepare for it. Could we be living in a survivalist situation, every man for himself, bartering for goods and defending our property? If so, can you give some advice on what to do and how to be ready before the time comes? Well, that's a great question. All of us should be asking those types of questions. Is, is what's, what's coming down the road and how do I prepare for what's coming down the road? And so here's what I've come up with for today. I'm going to go through several different things and talk about what they're doing. For instance, I'll start with our representatives. Every member of Pelosi's January 6th select committee are people that voted to impeach President Trump, <laughs> which means you're going to have a real just and fair and, and truthful committee. No, you're not. It's just like what Joseph Stalin did in the Soviet Union. He had these show trials where he'd have people that he'd pick come up and testify against people and, and then they'd execute the people. And it, but it was all planned out. It was just theater. It was just it was just a, a scripted thing. That's all this is. But when your country starts having show trials, you're in trouble. And, and when you look at problems like that's a problem that Congress is wasting its time with things like that, you always have to look at the inverse of the problem, too. And what that is in that situation is because Congress is spending all their time not even looking for the truth of what really happened. I think that would be interesting. If you dug in and found all the FBI involvement and, and bureaucrats in the Department of Justice, uh, that would be powerful and important for the American people to know about. But of course, it won't be any of that. But when they're wasting their time on a show trial, that means they're not representing us. So, so you have two problems. Not just that they're doing evil things, they're not doing the good things. So you have consequences from that as well. The Department of Justice, 
which is supposed to be the, you know, the law enforcement arm of our government. The Department of Justice indicates it might sue states returning to pre-pandemic voting regulations. <laughs> the Department of Justice, which has no authority at, at any state level in any situation or any jurisdiction, they're saying, oh, we're going we're gonna to start suing states if you go back to voting the way we've always voted in this country. I mean, I tell you that because it shows, okay, when your law enforcement people are obviously corrupted, where their whole focus is not fighting real crime and real human trafficking and real evil in this country and groups that are really subversive and things, and they're coming after the American people and they're demanding to have fraudulent elections mandated, then you go, okay, we're, we're really in trouble because crime is going to explode because they're not doing anything about it. And then what they are doing is evil. Very serious situation. They also, the Department of Justice declared that the COVID vaccine mandates are legal. Since when have they been the Supreme Court or the, I mean, it's scary when you have departments of government that feel they can do anything they want. Everyone would know the Department of Justice has no say, no even influence on if a vaccine can be mandated or not. It's the Constitution and it's our representatives uh, standing up for us in there. But, but that's what the way they're thinking. So when you have the intelligence community and, and the law enforcement at the federal level turning and exposing themselves, that's a serious problem. We've seen that in many countries in world history, like the Soviet Union. The KGB wasn't investigating organized crime in the Soviet Union. They were the ones dictating organized crime in the Soviet Union. It, and that's what the Department of Justice is becoming. Like. It's like a mafia. And you do what they say or they will come after you. And they're not worried about the Constitution or any limitations on their power. It's really important. Now, the CDC, we look at that in, in, in media and the medical establishment. I've got a great video below you need to watch by Dr. Robert Malone. And if you haven't seen it, you need to. It's just a few minutes long. He is the one that invented mRNA vaccines. OK, so it's not some crackpot, some conspiracy theorist. He's the guy that invented the, the technology that's been using in the vaccines right now. And he said the vaccines are going to make this virus more dangerous. And he explains why. And he said and then he was asked, well, why are you why are they doing this? Then he said, because they are making tens of billions of dollars profit. He said so many of these pharmaceutical companies, some of which have not made that much profit up to this point because they've never gotten anything okayed by the FDA. They're making so much money, they're not going to turn from it. And they want us to have booster shots every month if possible, because it's just a, it's a cash cow and governments are paying them. They don't have to collect from individuals or convince people to, to spend the money to get the shot. They're just getting the money funded to them. But watch that video below because it shows how corrupt it is. A podcast below by Dr. Peter McCullough. He just talks about also he is the most credentialed doctor in the entire world. OK, so again, not a crackpot, not some crazy. And 
He said the early treatment, which he's written papers on, works great. 99.9% of the people that have died from COVID would not have died if doctors would have just followed his guidelines of here's early treatment, things to be done that work. And he published, I think, first last August. So since August, there is no reason that anyone hardly at all, except for some people with leukemia and diabetes and are extremely obese, um, we should have had a death rate of a few hundred people since August. But he, talk, he goes on and talks in the podcast. No, they're not turning from this. But he says, my recommendation right now is to stop all vaccinations completely because they are no longer effective against this virus. It's mutated. It's completely changed. Where, where it's the, what they're putting into people would do nothing. But he said that the incredible facts are now the CDC has investigated and found at least 400,000 people have been severely injured by this. 400,000. You don't hear that. You hear about the 10, 15,000 that have died, which is significant. But he said there's 400,000 other people that are having neurological damage, heart damage, and it's mainly children. Um, there's, for some reason, that gene therapy injection is really hard on children. The ones that aren't at all at risk of having COVID be any problem for them whatsoever. He also reported through the numbers and the facts and the data, not one single child has died in America that didn't have several other serious health problems like leukemia and other cancers and things like that. Not one healthy child. They've all had major problems. So he said this is just zero threat to young people. But anyway, that podcast is below. If you want more details, it's a short 25 minutes, but he gives you the facts and he is knowledgeable, more knowledgeable than anyone in the entire world on, on this topic. Very important. But with top doctors seeing that and the CDC seeing that they've had more people report problems with this than all the other vaccines we've ever injected into people since we started doing that. They've already had more problems with this than all of them combined. Um, why are they, New York City is giving $100 bills to anyone that'll get the shot. Why are they so desperate? Because they're evil and they're getting kickbacks and things. A judge allows vaccinations in place of service hours for people on probation. So if you get the shot, you don't even have to do your probationary work. Well, just, just I mean, it's, you just see story after story. The first federal agency mandates COVID-19 vaccinations. Right when all this is happening, then our federal government's starting to mandate that you have to get the shot. You have no choice. When it's an experimental thing that we now know is, is damaging, it's not effective against the virus, and it makes you more susceptible to the different variants that come along. And that's why all the numbers, like in Israel, where 80 plus percent of everyone has been vaccinated, they're starting to have major problems among those that have been vaccinated with the virus. So just nonsense. Then the CDC with the vaccine passports, the director Walensky said it may very well come to that. That's the path forward for America where we do this. So why are they pushing all this when they know it's, it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. 
because they're evil. Those establishments have been captured. So again, the inverse, when you have your whole medical community refusing to tell people about things that work and forcing them to do things that are harmful to them, you've had a complete collapse. So the evil is happening, but also the good's not happening. Doctors aren't really digging into more and more about, well, what can we do? What's better ways to prepare people for this or get this information out about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and all these things? How do we do that? It's, that's not the focus of any of it. And a lot of the doctors that are standing up are just getting canceled when they say, hey, I think we ought to try this. No, vaccine is the only solution when we know it's not a solution. So. But the thing that should trouble us the most is not that evil people are doing evil things. That's pretty normal. It's unlike Europe. I don't know if you've seen in Europe, they're having rallies and people protesting by the hundreds of thousands saying, we will not take the vaccines. We will not get the passports. We will not have lockdowns. Why isn't that happening in America? None of it. Or just like sheep, just, okay. Okay, I'll put my mask on, even if it doesn't stop any kind of spreading of the disease. I'll get my shot, even though it doesn't help with the disease. I'll do this, I'll do... It's, it's sad. So that says more to us about our situation than anything. There's not even that fight left in people very much. I know you're the exception to that, but to say no, <laughs> I'm not just doing what you tell me to do when I don't think it's the right thing to do. But Europe, I, I was encouraged, like, wow, there's still a little fiber left in Europe. It looks like they're about finished. But I was like, people, just in France, 160,000 citizens came out and just protesting in the streets. That's good. That's just great. I, I love to see that. People standing up and refusing to be slaves to their government. And then another aspect of this is addressed in another letter from you. Kathleen said this. I'm wondering if you have any insights to what is happening to our military. I know CRT is being used to sway the troops and some higher officials are supporting it. Do you know if there is still a majority of our military personnel that hold to a true patriotic stance? That's a good question. Here's what happened to our military. Under Obama, I remember one day when he, when he fired 70 top generals because they were conservative and asked them to just go into early retirement. 70, I remember that when that happened. And he purged all the patriotism out of the military, all the generals that had really been in wars in Vietnam and Korea and stuff and it really had to be engaged in warfare. He got rid of all of them um, and just slowly purged them out of there. And then since then, over the last, 20 years, almost all the generals that have risen up, they've been promoted, not because they were so excellent at leading our soldiers or anything like that. It's because, oh, they were great at having diversity or tolerance um, values in, in, their, in their leadership and things like that, if you look at the facts. And so almost all the leadership now in the military, almost all, not all, but almost all is literally evil, <laughs> okay? They're not just unpatriotic. They are against America. They hate America and um, they would attack American citizens. For, for decades, we knew, okay, if we get a Bill Clinton and they try to go crazy and do a Waco on all of us, we know the military won't stand with them. It will, it will turn on them and be with the people. 
I don't know if that's true anymore, especially the high level of indoctrination that's going on. I don't think it's true. I think they would come against us and because they've been brainwashed to really believe we are evil. People that love their country, they're dangerous. People that talk about the Constitution are dangerous. People that are religious and they're pro-life, they're dangerous. They've been propagandized with that for 20 years now. And now we see a full frontal attack where they've even then classified that group of people as domestic terrorists. So it's, it's really just, it's really serious what's going on. There's a video with Tucker Carlson below you need to watch too, just a few minutes long, but talking about one of the recent incidences this week with a major general, I believe Donahoe. But, but look, watch that. That's the people leading our military. It's scary and they are dangerous. So the inverse of that, when you're focused on that, you're not focused on red China and Russia and Iran and North Korea that are working and, and wanting to take us over as soon as possible. Even some recent reports that came out talked about our military is not prepared for warfare. When you have so divided everybody where they're hating their own country, they're against each other. If you have a different skin color and they're so racist in their thinking toward each other, they're not going to be unified in a warfare situation when they're dying and they're not going to be willing to die for their country. Why in the world would you die for a country that is evil? It doesn't make any sense at all. Just kind of tied into that. I just saw this and it ties into the military. And this is so sad, but American veterans are killing themselves at an alarming rate. It's gone just crazy. The number of servicemen and women that are taking their own life. And I thought, why is that? After World War I and World War II, when they had to see so many atrocities, it's unthinkable. And, and that was very rare back then. The, the suicide rates in the military population was no different than the civilian population. And it was very, very low. And now it's so skyrocketing. And I think it's this. I think when you are asked to obey orders blindly, and you're doing things that have not been explained to you. We've had a war on terror now for 20 years. Is there a definition of that by our government, by the military leaders? No. <laughs> so you're not even sure what you're doing. All the countries we've gone into, Afghanistan, basically just to protect all the drug growing operations of the CIA. Iraq. Do you think Iraq is better off today than under Saddam Hussein? No. Anyone that lives there, I know some missionaries that live there and they say it's been a disaster ever since America came here. It's far more dangerous and the, the government's far more corrupt than Saddam was. Saddam pretty much left Christians alone. Now they're just being persecuted. Over three million have had to leave the country that had been there for hundreds of years. So everything we've done, I mean, George W. Bush, when they went in there, they killed one million Iraqis. You can't do that. You can't be machine gunning people down and then not even replace that government with a government like America or something, which they, they won't have because they're Islamic. But you can't do that when you see all that death and slaughters for nothing. It has, didn't help anyone. 
and you saw your buddies get killed, it messes with your mind and you finally say, enough. So why are they doing it? They're doing it because they have not had a mission. They have not had an objective. They have not had clear orders and a clear enemy and clear directive to this is victory when this happens. It just keeps going on and on because the military industrial complex makes a fortune off of war. That's why they love to keep the wars going. There's a great book called War is a Racket by Smedley Butler, the most decorated veteran in the history of America. He wrote it in the 30s, and he'd been in, in the military's entire life, two congressional medals of honor and so all this other stuff. And he finally, when he was done, realized, I thought I was fighting for freedom. I thought I was doing this and that. And I realize now war has nothing to do with any of that. He said, all it is about is making money and it's evil and it's horrible. And of course, World War I had just ended when he wrote the book. And he said, you watch and see another war will be coming right away, even though they say that was the war to end all wars. And sure enough, he was right. But that's someone on the inside who thought he was being patriotic, thought he was defending the rights of people, and he realized, no, it's a, it's a big scam. We were dying for nothing. These were wars that were instigated by governments to get wealth, to get money, um, and to subdue people and to make them patriotic so they'll obey whatever they're asked to do. And again, that's a guy on the inside, but that's what's happened. And so those are some key areas. But here's the most important area now I'm getting into. This is so important. It's our children, and everybody knows they're after the children because you have to have the children if you want to have the future. But here's a few key things going on that you need to be aware of so you can protect your children and your grandchildren. You have to do it. And there's something far worse than just an indoctrination going on, and I'll get to that in a second. But to address the indoctrination, this was a Fox News report from the University of South Florida. My father was a professor at University of South Florida for 25 years. And this week, a reporter went there talking to students. And many were saying, I don't like being an American, and I'm not going to root for Team USA in the Olympics. <laughs> Here's some of the things they said, some of the people they talked to. I don't like being an American either. Why is there no free health care? Why are so many people suffering because of housing? And that is such a great example of how blank and corrupt it is here. Listen to this. I'm not going to be rooting for any team just because it's some country that I live in. Patriotism shouldn't be that strong. They're taught to think patriotism is evil. They're taught to think the country they live in is evil. Well, when you do that, you're in trouble. And also, like I was saying, what's the inverse of that? They're not being taught all the good things they should be taught. So you have a double problem. You have a, a brainwashed, indoctrinated stooge, but then they also don't know all these other things they should know. So they will be someone that's not capable of even surviving without government assistance, which of course is the goal. Now here, is something important. Another way they're coming after our children. I've got a video below you need to what you fathers need to watch. You grandfathers need to watch. The moms can too if you want. But it's on what's going on with sex trafficking and in our educational system, how the sex ed curriculums are being set up to make them easy 
picking in the human trafficking world. And here's the UN is developing a sex education curriculum to sexualize the children so they'll be easier to molest and easier to pull into the sex trafficking rings and everything. And uh, it goes into so many details of that, but the video is, is very powerful. But here's some just main takeaways from the video. Pornography is the root of this whole thing. That's why the communists back in the 50s said, we've got to push pornography in books, magazines, motion pictures, radio and TV. We have to, because it will collapse. But this man has studied now, and he's been involved in this. All he does is rescue children that are being sex trafficked in America. He just rescues them. So he's right in the middle of this thing. He said, every single person that's molesting children is just buried in pornography, Every 100%. But he said, here's something people don't realize. As you create a pornographic society and you indoctrinate the children at young ages with everything is okay and you break down all of their moral inhibitions and all of their conscience and you sear their conscience, he's just saying every year that goes by here, more and more people that are so addicted to pornography, they're preying on the children. He said, no child is safe. And I agree with that. I'm telling you, fathers, no child is safe anywhere. Not at church camp, not at church, not at school, not at their friend's house, nowhere. We have 80% of Americans that are addicted to pornography. And he says it always ends. If you look at pornography long enough, it ends in abusing young children, pre-12-year-old children. That's where it ends. It's a drug that destroys the brain. It's the only drug that when you're on it, it permanently changes your brain. If you're on cocaine or something while you're on it, your, it, your brain's messed up. But then when you come off of it, then you can think more rationally and stuff. Pornography permanently destroys the brain and gets it to think differently. And it's, it's just so deadly. And he had a good point. He said this, he said, our enemies are breaking America with porn. It will completely collapse. He goes, they will not have to send in a military. They will not have to do anything because you will have a people preying on each other. He says, as it gets to 20, 30% of the population, their only thing, it's like a drug. Their only point to that day is finding a child to molest. It's just like somebody goes on cocaine. Their whole ambition in life is I got to go find some cocaine today. But he said a lot of those things last for hours or even days. They can take the drugs where they can keep a high going for days. He said this particular thing lasts 30 seconds and then they need another victim and 30 seconds and they need another victim. So again, I don't want to get too graphic in any of this because I know families watch this, but you children don't listen to anyone. Don't trust anyone when they're like, oh, come here. Don't tell your parents or any of that kind of foolishness. Moms and dads, your brothers and sisters need to be together places. Never anywhere alone. Never spending the night anywhere for any reason. I know that sounds extreme. I've had that policy since my kids were born because I thought, no, I'd heard some horror stories, but the horror stories aren't rare anymore. It's, it's approaching 50% of the children in America have already been molested. It's approaching that in different categories. 60% of foster children have been molested. Over half of the millions of foster children. 
And he's talking, he talks about what's going on at the border. All those children coming into this country, that's what it's for. <laughs> it's not, a lot of them, that's not even their parents they're with. Those children are being brought in here for the sex trafficking trade to make a fortune on them. That is not their parents with them. And it's, and, and many parents that have been so disillusioned, they're selling their children to these to pay off their debts and their obligations to the cartels. So it is, again, I hate to be, so heavy with that, but it is a serious problem. And when that takes root, you have an enemy that is so deadly because everyone is addicted to have to have their next fix of this. And so everyone is in danger all the time. And we need to protect our children and we need to keep them safe. But you need to watch that video below a couple times. He's a, a neat guy that is just so well educated on this. And, and he's wanting to do something about it. Watch that, share that, and then, and then be thinking about your kid protecting your own children and grandchildren. You have to be careful. He said 60% of all kids that have been molested, it's by people that they know. So it's not strangers. It's no, it was the pastor. It was the, the youth leader. It was the uncle, the father. The, it's all in the circle of friends, 60% of them. So it's not always some just stranger coming in. So, but it's rampant because pornography has been saturating our culture now for 30, 40 years, just saturating everything. And so the people that just got addicted to it, they've been on a road of progression and they're at the point now, I need a child. And that's where that is heading. And so I just, I tell you, it's just horrible, it's evil, and it's, it's where we are. Now, if any of you, are addicted to pornography or alcohol or smoking or anything else, Mike Lindell has a new group he's just started. It's called LindellRecoveryNetwork.org. LindellRecoveryNetwork.org. We'll have the links below. Go to that. Even if you're not addicted to something, if you know someone that is, it's a program, a Christian-centered program to help people be free. And his heart is for that. God has blessed him with a lot of money by blessing his MyPillow company. And he's trying to help people that have addictions. He was addicted to drugs and things, wants to help those people. But he said, he lists all the addictions there they're dealing with. And there were so many more than I thought. I was like, wow. But, but go to that. And then if you have a problem, go through the course. If you don't and know someone that does, encourage them to go there. It's totally free. It's something he's trying to do to make a difference. Those are the kind of solutions that are going to help our country. Those are the kind of, so when you set people free, America has been turning its back on God for almost 100 years, kicking them out of the schools, out of government, out of the public square, out of everything. Well, there's a consequence for doing that. That's why we have all the problems we have. We look around, what's wrong with our country? I'll tell you what's wrong with our country is unlike our founders who said no king but King Jesus, we have now said that the, the mighty dollar is God, pleasures, addictions, government is God, and every, we've replaced God with all these other things and they don't work. And so we are collapsing. Jesus is the only answer. He is the way, the truth, 
and the life. He's the only one that gives life. We need life in our country, but I encourage you to go to lindellrecoverynetwork.org and they have a lot of things there that will be helpful. Right now, I want to play a clip for you. And this is important because people don't understand how bad things can get. And this video will show it to you. I'm, I'm just going to play a couple minutes, a clip from Jeff Botkin, who we had on here just a few weeks ago. He made a little video on what's going on in South Africa. I don't know if you've heard about that or not, but I want to show it to you because South Africa in the 1990s was free, was prosperous, was one of the richest countries in the world, and it is completely collapsing now. Ever since 1994, the ANC, which was a communist group, came to power and with Nelson Mandela, who was a communist, and they have just slowly worked to agitate and destroy that country. But watch this clip. This is a country that, again, is one of the most beautiful in the world. Look what's going on right now as the communists turn people against each other in this race war, exactly what they're doing to America, and look what's happening. So what happens when policemen run out of ammunition? As the world watches the collapse of the South African government right now, today, parallels can be seen and can be drawn between today's South African mobs and the American rioting of 2020, and we should note those similarities. Instigators of the violence are political and self-righteous. The violence is politically justified by them. The violence is also racially justified because the white heteropatriarchy must come down at all costs, even if the entire system, the entire nation, is suicidally burned to the ground in the process. The anti-white revolutionaries must now demonstrate, they say, their political dominance, their hegemony. When violence exploded there this month, thousands of looters got the word and they rushed to the softest targets in those districts controlled by the Marxist party. And you can see them being tracked hour by hour on, on this map here. They arrived in a blind, destructive frenzy. Now, many of the looters have died under the feet of other stampeding thieves. And as soon as the stores and private storage units were stripped bare, looters then set fires and moved into unprotected residential areas to continue to burn and steal and destroy. Police are now running so low on ammunition they go to private citizens begging them to share what little they have. And citizens are sharing to a point in the interest of preserving what's left of their nation. And this has helped the police. Just a couple of days ago, South African law enforcement agencies were able to stop the deliberate burning of a hospital which was full of patients in the city of Durban. And it was an intentional arson that was stopped by the police. But the police cannot be everywhere. And they are spread so thin now trying to protect oil refineries and airports and vulnerable neighborhoods all at the same time. So private citizens are now keeping what little ammunition they have left for their own self-preservation in barricaded neighborhoods. But how will this chaos end? Did you see that? We'll have the whole video below so you can watch the entire thing. But did you see just the chaos and the destruction I mean, they are collapsing, and that's what communists want. They want us to get to that stage, too, where the cities are just war zones. And people go, why do they want that? Because when you're living through what they're living through right then, 
when it's open communism coming to power, you're happy to accept it. Anything. I just don't want to live like that. So they make a scenario that is so horrible that even communism looks good to it. At least we'll have law and order. I'll, I'll just do my little job and stay home and do what I'm told, but I won't have that chaos going on, people just killing each other and everything falling apart. I won't have that at least. And so that's what they, they want to do. But if we continue down the road of justifying lawlessness by defunding the police, and as you heard this week, AOC said, we need to abolish prisons. Did she say that because she's stupid? No, she said that because she is evil. No idiot, no one is dumb enough to think that's a solution to a problem. Don't believe that. But when we keep going down that road and then we're not pressing charges against criminals that do things, and then we're, we're having a media, education, and government working to turn American people against each other, we're trying to get the race war like in South Africa, get that going here, where everyone's just pillaging each other and hates each other. Well, when you get that, you're going to get that. And you're going to end there. Um, and so that is really where we're heading. I want you to know that, that we are in a real serious situation. And, and, and so now I would say, well, okay, so what do we do? I just wanted you to see that when, when everything is going wrong, it's going wrong. And it's not just the idea of America that's going to keep it going right. Okay, and, and, and there are some good things going on, and I hope that like the election audits and things bear some fruit, but that could almost escalate the war too. So we just got to be ready. So here's some things to be ready. First and foremost, our main problem is we turned our back on God. Make sure you're not doing that. Make sure you're building your faith strong. Make sure you're reading your Bible every day and praying, and, and you're sharing the gospel with others. That, that you have to keep that relationship just close and healthy and strong. So you'll know when it's time, load up the car, we got to get out of here. You'll know that God will, will just convict your heart and you'll have discernment. Go to the book of Proverbs and study it. In Proverbs it says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding, for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Nothing is to be compared unto wisdom. Do you know that? And it's, the book of James tells us it's free for the getting. If you ask me, I will give it, God says. And the book of Proverbs shows you what wisdom is. And it shows you from a father talking to his son, my son, give me thine heart and let thine eye observe my ways. Keep my commandments. And it gives us the instruction, but we have to be wise in a day of great deceit. So we need that, that relationship with God close and we are listening, we are obeying, and we are following. Secondly, family. We've got to build strong, healthy families that are not being propped up by anything. You can't be propped up by your church, propped up by your little homeschool groups, propped up by anything. Those things can be a blessing, but anything that is propping you up instead of building you up, you will, you will eventually fall because of it. 
We need healthy, strong families where brothers and sisters enjoy spending time together. And if they don't, parents, let them spend uh, weeks and weeks together playing games in their room or whatever till they learn to be best friends. We have to have a tight families. Fathers, you need to be talking to your children about everything. At meal times, having devotions in the evening, we need tight, and we need to be talking about these type of things. At an age-appropriate level, we don't want to defile them in any way, but we need to warn them, you know what, this world is evil. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, sin came into the world, and it's corrupted because of that, and that they're after you, sweetheart. And I, I, please listen to me so I can protect you from the wrong friends, from the wrong influences, from the wrong things going on. We've got to do that. Uh, husbands, you need to protect your wives. We see today more than any time in history that when marriages are falling apart, nine out of 10 times today, it's the woman leaving the husband. Back in the 70s, when I was growing up, nine out of 10 times, it was the man leaving the wife. And that's changed. Why? Because the feminist movement has sought to prey on the women and to convince them they're missing out and there's something more fulfilling for them and marriage is slavery and family is a waste of time and come have fun with us. They're just doing to the women today what the serpent did to Eve. Oh, hath God said? <laughs> just getting them to question. So husbands, you need to protect them. They shouldn't be reading raunchy books. They shouldn't be watching movies that glorify adultery and nonsense. They need to be guarding their hearts. Um, and you need to protect them in that. And then freedom. Faith, family, and freedom, right? We are about preserving a righteous freedom. Where the Spirit of the, the Lord is, there is liberty. That's what we're about. We're not even about America anymore. Um, I still have my flags up, as you can see behind me and stuff. But as America turns rotten, we are standing for the principle she was built upon, not for her necessarily all by itself. We need to, to work to foster a free environment in our family where we're raising kids that realize they're accountable to God so they can handle the freedom they've been given because they know they will give an account one day. We need to be in communities and in neighbor with family and friends and churches that understand this responsibility before God. And we need to teach character and virtue and morality to those around us so they're capable of being free. You are not capable of being free if you're addicted to pornography or drugs or alcohol. You cannot be free. You do need government to come put chains on you and throw you in a cell and to have total control over you because you'll destroy yourself. That's why they pushed all these things to begin with. They knew uh, people that are immoral are not capable of being free. And so if we can make them immoral, then we'll be able to put chains on them and we can do it as the good guy because, oh, th th that guy was destroying himself and, and we won't look bad for getting the power we want. Being prepared. You need to have two, three months, I think even closer to six months of supplies in your home. Food, medicines, other things you might need. And if you don't have hardly any right now, just start building slowly where you just have a rotating pantry. We've just dedicated a room in our house where we got, this is where we kind of rotate things in and out so that, that we just have some of our savings in that and, and, and prioritize that. I just think with things going on, there might be different circumstances that would come about where we would want to be able to stay home and be safe. 
we need to also be, you know, stocking up in the area of guns and ammo. One, those things are priceless. If there ever is chaos, they're worth their weight in gold. But two, you, you, you're able to defend yourself. Um, when you're not able to defend yourself, you're just in trouble and you're subject to whoever the first thug that comes along is that has a knife or whatever or a gun and you have to do what they say. And we can't put ourselves or our families in that position. But you need, you know, several thousand rounds of ammo for each gun that you have and, and, and multiple clips. You might even think about getting, you know, bulletproof vests and things like that. And I know that sounds crazy, but if you're going into a war situation, possibly, you want to be prepared for that. You don't want to go, oh, I've got a 22 and I only have a box of 50 rounds of ammo. You, you don't want to be like that. Some of you, if this is totally foreign, where you're like, we don't even own a gun. Well, then you start by just getting a good 12 gauge shotgun to protect your home. And then you slowly practice with that. Maybe get a handgun and, and go shoot that at a shooting range or take a shooting class is a better idea. They're, they're all over the country. Um, many different pro-gun organizations have shooting classes you can go to and take the whole family there and go, go to the class and learn how to be safe and learn how to, to, to know how to hit your target and to, to know when it's time to shoot and when it's not time to shoot and, and things like that. Those are key things, but then we need to be prepared. And as we have a little extra money, just tuck extra box of ammo under the bed or whatever, things like that, because in case things go south and we look like South Africa in five years or 10 years, whatever, we're not going, oh my goodness, what do we do now? We're like, okay, I'm, I wish this wasn't happening, but I'm ready for it because I thought it might because we were on a road that leads to destruction and I wanted to be prepared. And I know that's heavy. And if you're in your 80s or 90s watching this, just hopefully some of your children or neighbors or people at church would help take you under their wing and be responsible for helping protect you should things get out of control like we saw in that video. Not to worry, we're to pray, but we are supposed to prepare. Just like the proverb says, you know, the ant stores up for the winter. So we need to be prepared. I think there's a good possibility at some point, if we continue down this road, and we'll know if we're on this road or not. Because if we turn from this road, we'll know, we'll go, oh, praise the Lord, we're not on this road anymore. But as long as we stay on this road, there's a very good chance what you saw in the video will be happening at some point. I mean, people shooting each other in the streets, chaos, that's what they want. They want a civil war to break out so they can crack down with the military. But we need to build our relationship with the Lord protect our families and build healthy and strong families and raise the next generation to love and fear God. And then we need to seek to be a people that are free and are willing to fight for our freedom because those are God-given rights as our founders so eloquently laid out in the Declaration and He intended us to be a free people. And freedom is worth fighting for. And of course, the ultimate truth is that man is sinful, he has fallen, he has fallen short of God's glory, and he needs a Savior. But the good news is, Jesus Christ came 2,000 years ago and paid the penalty for our sins so we could be ultimately free. I was just talking to my children today and I said, I know there's a lot of bad news going on, but isn't it a great thing to realize 
even if the worst scenario happens, <laughs> we get taken over, we're in slavery, or we get killed in the fight for freedom, we're going to heaven. <laughs> That's our worst thing. We're going to heaven to spend all eternity with Jesus. So that's a great hope we have. I thank you for being there. Until next week, God bless you.